Hi, I'm Yael. And I'm Shira. And you're listening to the eComply podcast. We're an international law firm serving thousands of clients from all over the world on IP and e-commerce matters. We'll talk about the ever-changing policies of Amazon and the protection of your brand's intellectual property. As a law firm, let us begin with some small but important disclaimers. This podcast is not intended to replace legal advice. Each case is individual and has its own background and circumstances. Use your own judgment and consult with a professional before making any major legal decisions. So sit back, relax, and let's get legal. Woohoo! Yael! Hey! It's Shira. our first podcast! Yeah, I'm so excited. Me too. You know, we usually speak on the phone and talk about interesting uh, cases and situations and what better way to share our knowledge. Time to share it. Exactly. With a little banter. <laughs> so what are we discussing today? Um, so we'll talk about hijackers. Okay. Uh, important topic. All right. So hijackers. Yeah. Let me ask you, what is a hijacker? So a hijacker is another seller that is on your listing together with you um, that is pretending to sell the same product, but is not selling the same product. So for example, you're uh, a private label, uh, you're selling phone covers, or you're selling, um, I don't know, a pen, a special pen that you designed with your brand, Shira, um, and then somebody comes in on the same listing Um, and offers the same product. In most cases, it, that's not the same product. The, this seller is selling... How would product. you know that's not the same product? Because you're a private label and you never allowed anybody else to sell your product. So either that person has bought, that seller has bought it from you and then resold it, which doesn't make so much sense because they buy it at your price and then... If they want to get the buy box, they would sell it at a lower price. So it doesn't really make sense that they buy it from you unless, unless uh, you sell your product on other platforms or you sometimes give discounts, rebates, and things like that. Then it may be someone who actually bought your product. But in most cases, it's not your product. It's somebody who sells um, a similar product but without your brand, a kind of knockoff of a uh, so product. So let me ask you this. Yes. Why would someone sell a knockoff on my listing okay and you mentioned the buy box yeah what would be my incentive or their incentive or what what is a buy box yeah so as opposed to uh to ebay where uh you have uh, so if you and i are selling i don't know a chanel bottle Uh, of perfume, then uh, we would have two separate listings. So the person, the, the buyer, the customer who wants to buy the product um, sees, you know, looks for the Chanel perfume and then sees several listings one after the other. Um, and then that customer has to choose. On Amazon, they decided that, you know, they're all going to be under one listing. There's only one listing for one product and may the best men win. So, Um, the, the seller that has usually the lower price, but there are other criteria to get the buy box, that's the seller that will actually sell the product to you when you press on add to cart and then you buy it. So the, the buy box is where you can purchase with a click? That's the buy box? Yeah, I mean, when, when you buy, it actually looks like a box. Uh, when you buy the product, if you, if you go on a listing, most Actually, most customers don't see that and they don't do it. They just do add to cart, which takes the seller that Amazon has chosen. Which and is then basically the first in line. 
it's the first in line that Amazon chose, uh, and then um, they would they would buy the product. But if you press on other sellers, actually, you have the option of choosing another seller. So sometimes you have with the Chanel perfume, for example, you would see forty different sellers on the, on that product. So that's how Amazon works. It works the same if you're a private label or if you're a brand, and that's the big problem when when it's a when it's a brand. It makes sense to have 40 different sellers. They all sell the same thing, assuming it's not counterfeit, right? That it's it's the, the genuine uh, Chanel perfume. Uh, but when it's a private label, you're like, wait, who who is that seller? Why is that seller on my buy box? They don't. I never allowed anybody to sell my product. And, and that's where uh, usually most sellers complain as long as they have a trademark. Got it. Um if you're in a buy box, I'm going to hold on the buy box for yes. a minute. I just want to get it right. So if you're on the buy box and you're first in place by Amazon, does that mean that you have the best uh, score, that you're the most tr- trustworthy, or is it just the price? What's the criteria? So nobody really knows what's uh, Amazon's algorithm for getting the buy box. Um, the, but everybody knows that the main thing is the price. Uh, so, you know, very often they So you can in. be, as a seller, have really bad ratings, but still win first so price, right. first place in the buy box yes. because of the price? Sometimes, yes. Uh, you know, you would think that the sellers with, uh, you know, with uh, years of experience and, uh, and an amazing store would get the buy box. But sometimes you see someone who just started selling on Amazon and they lower the price and they get the buy box. So... We assume that the the main thing is the price, um, and then uh, and, and the rest is uh, is kind of part of the algorithm, but not not the priority. Okay, so I'm a seller. I sell my private label. It's a pen mm-hmm. under Shira. Get it on uh, your next uh, Amazon purchase. Um, and I have this hijacker, which is a seller that I don't recognize, mm-hmm. and I don't think that there's a chance that they bought it from me. What do I do? You fight them. <laughs> you fight the hijackers. So um, Amazon allows uh, allows you to file a complaint. It's free. You can do it yourself. Um, and you have two ways to do it. One through the brand registry. And the other way is through, uh, through Amazon's website. If you type on Google um, file complaint uh, trademark infringement, you would get to that form as well. But most sellers do it through the, the brand registry. Um, the brand registry is a system that Amazon invented to protect brands on Amazon. To get into the brand registry, uh, you need a registered trademark. You actually need a trademark that you you even filed, and then you would get Amazon's brand registry. Um, so they need to have your trademark registered. No, um, actually, Amazon gives you uh, allows you to get into the brand registry once you file the trademark but if you want to enforce it if you want to remove a hijacker you need to have that trademark completely uh registered which takes time what happens if i try to enforce it and it's just an application so usually they they will just deny it yeah they usually they would deny it sometimes they allow it although they shouldn't because you know who knows if your trademark is ever going to be registered uh, but in most cases, Amazon denies it, so you shouldn't you shouldn't try to enforce it if it's you know if it's can not. Can anyone have a trademark? Can what? Can anyone have a trademark? Um, yes and no. Um, you, to get a trademark, 
the name needs to be uh, available. Um, so, for example, you have that amazing trademark, Shira, um, and you sell uh, a pen, uh, but then you found it and turns out uh, that I sell, um, I don't know, um, a pencil, okay, under the name uh, Shira with two R's, okay? And I applied for it already and I already have a trademark. If you are going to try and file a trademark for Shira with one R, um, the, the examiner will reject it and will tell you there's another trademark that's already registered and your brand is confusingly similar to the existing brand. So you won't get a trademark. Interesting. So when I file my trademark for Shira and you file your trademark for Shira with two R's, it's enough for the application to exist so both of us would have brand registry under Shira? No. So the first, first of all, once you file it, even if you didn't get the, the trademark, once you file it, you can file for the brand registry and you will get it. The first today, that's how it is on Amazon. The first that requests uh, the, the brand registry, the, fir- the first that enrolls in the brand registry will get the brand registry. Um, with Amazon, actually, it, it should be about the same name. So, for example, I filed it, Shira, with two R's. Um, I just filed it. I didn't even get it. I apply for the brand registry. I get the brand registry. You file for Shira with one R. Your trademark will be rejected eventually. But when you file it a week later, you can actually ask for the brand registry and you will get the brand registry because it's only one R. Okay. But you won't be able to enforce it because you won't get a registered trademark. So remember, the brand registry does not mean, the fact that you got the brand registry doesn't mean that you'll be able to enforce your trademark. So if you have a hijacker on your listing and your trademark isn't registered yet and you just filed it, you won't be able to remove that hijacker. And that's why, um, you know, aggregators and buyers in general, when they when they check the brand, uh, when they uh, perform a due diligence, and they look at your trademarks and, and you know, and they decide if they want to buy your brand or not. Um, they, they check and make sure that your trademark is fully registered. If you just filed it uh, or if your trademark was rejected, no buyer will buy your brand because they won't be able to enforce it. And theoretically, any hijacker or anyone can use your brand and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so that's, that's something that most sellers don't know. Uh, there's there's a difference between getting the brand registry after you just found the trademark and actually being able to enforce your brand. That's only when the trademark is fully registered. Okay, I got a few questions. Yes. If I register or apply for a trademark for pens and then I decide, ooh, I want to do books with Shira as well or mm-hmm. book covers with Shira as well, um, can I use a trademark that I already have or how does it work? Right. So here again, separation between brand registry and the enforcement. So um, if you have Shira for pens, you will be able to enforce uh, against to remove any hijackers on your pen listing. But the trademark... Granted that it was registered. Yes. Yes. Uh, But then your your trademark... What was the other product that you had? Book covers. Book covers. Um, so, uh, book covers may actually be in the same, in the same category. Okay. Yes. If it's in the same category, you will still be All able right, scratch to scratch that it. plates plates. Okay. So you have Shira for pens and Shira for plates. Okay. You start selling two different products. 
um, your trademark covers only pens and not the plates, you won't be able to enforce or remove any hijacker on your plates listing. Okay, so while you will have the brand registry, and your you know your plates will be will have the nice A plus content, and you will you you will be able to see it on the on your brand registry. Um, you will not be able to remove any hijacker on the on the plates. So you will have to file a second trademark application covering plates. Um, and that's, by the way, speaking of, you know, I spoke about buyers earlier. Uh, that's one of the most common mistakes. So most sellers do file a trademark. They do have a registered trademark, but they don't necessarily remember to file a trademark for every product that, you know, that they develop. Um, so when we see sellers of like six, seven years, I'm usually a bit worried because I know that they wouldn't cover everything. And sometimes the first product that they sold is actually, you know, 10% of their entire revenue and they have like 90% of revenue for products that are not covered at all. I can't amend my trademark no, application no. or when was it when does it stick? When I file the application or when it's first reviewed? Is there like a grace period where no, I can so still change the the list of goods? You can. You cannot change the list of goods. You can restrict it by the way, but you can At any time can I restrict it or as so long as it's an application? Uh, when it's an application, uh you can restrict it, you can remove some of the products, but you can't you cannot add products. So what you can so do I'll is have to do file. a full you just file application. It. Yeah, you refile it. If you look at Nike they have like, I don't know, like dozens of, of different trademarks for different categories. So at the beginning was, you know, socks and, uh, and T-shirts, etc. And then, uh, and then uh, they started with, uh, with watches. Um, so they have, you know, separate categories and they just add them uh, as they go. Okay. Um, I want to stick to the point of brand registry. Let's talk about brand registry yes. for a minute. What's the benefit of having brand registry, mm -hmm. why would I want it? Mm -hmm. And um, if I have a trademark, let's say, is it all? Is it global? I have a trademark in the states. Do I have brand registry in Europe? How does it work? Yeah. So first of all, a trademark is not global. Okay. So uh, when we talk about enforcement, removing hijackers, removing infringers. Uh, the trademark covers you in the country where you filed it. So if you filed it in the U.S., then you can remove hijackers on Amazon.com only. You will not be able to remove hijackers in Canada, for example. Canada is a, it's, it, I think maybe once a week we get a seller ask us, I have, a, I have someone selling my products on Canada, in Canada, what do I do? And then they file, it, they file a trademark, but it takes two years in Canada to file a trademark. Um, unless you expedite it. Um, so, um, if I expedite in Canada, how long does it take? Yeah, much less. Uh, I think less than a year. Um, so if you, if you file for, uh, for a trademark in the U.S., you are covered only in the U.S. You are not covered in Europe or other countries. But, but, but you will get the brand registry in other, uh, other uh, countries. So, for example, you're selling on Amazon.com. You have a trademark uh, in the United States fully registered. You start selling in Canada. You have the brand registry in Canada. You can use the you know A plus content um, and videos, etc. But you will not be able to enforce your trademark in Canada until you have that registered trademark. If I Canada. have a registered trademark in the U.S. 
Um, do I have brand registry in Europe as well? Or is it like US, Canada, Mexico, bunch? No, and no you, can, you, can use, you can use that trademark for uh, almost, I believe, any, any of the marketplaces. But again, it doesn't... And I'll ask you again, why do I need brand registry? For the A plus content and video and other things. Uh, but, but it doesn't really allow you to, to enforce it. I think it. that a lot of sellers don't know or don't realize that because Amazon works with uh, an open catalog or uh, one listing per product uh, policy, mm -hmm. that if you don't have brand registry, and even if you created the listing and put your name there, um, anybody can go and, in and edit and change your content. Yeah. So it's not just the A-plus content that, protect, that is a benefit of uh, brand registry. It kind of locks mm -hmm. the ability of other sellers to go and change yeah, your words, your, your bullet points, your pictures, Um, and you know, it's a loophole because if people don't really realize it and don't, uh, work to get brand registry because they think that they don't need to protect their trademark or they chose a trademark that can't be protected mm -hmm. and they keep moving forward with the, with the listing because it has great history. Anybody can go in and change and add their own, uh, offer to mm -hmm. that listing and change the language. So let's say, uh, I'm selling my Shira pen. But I, didn't, I don't have brand registry and I never registered it. And Yael comes and puts in Shira with two R's and sells the pen. I can go to Amazon and say, hey, there's a hijacker. They're selling something different. But then Yael can go and change the listing, the language, so it's not that different anymore. And all of a sudden, I'm the hijacker. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's another advantage of uh, of the brand registry, not be, you know, uh, kind of locking the content, being able to control your the content on your listing. Um, I must say that sometimes we still we still see sellers somehow changing your you know your your content. Um, not sure how they do it. Usually using you know tricks, but generally speaking, the the um, um, the brand registry protects you from that and you know and allows you to to you know to control it. Uh, it doesn't mean that people won't be able to um, that other sales won't be able to uh, hijack that listing and add add the offer. Right? We talked about it. Um, anybody can can just add your listing unless you have kind of a gating, but that's like a very small, small percentage of the brands, usually the larger brands like uh, Nike, for example, uh, Adidas and other other brands. Um, if you want to add those listings, you usually need to show that you're selling uh, genuine products, um, that you have You have to go supplier. through some scrutiny. Exactly. But for any private label, unfortunately, anybody uh, can just add those products and, and pretend to sell your products while they're not selling your product. Let me ask you another question. Yes. You have brand registry, okay? I... Um, want to add an offer to your listing. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? Scratch that. I want to have brand registry. I go to Amazon and I say, I'm the brand owner. And I send a USPTO extract. Okay? Does Amazon even look at it or just takes my word for it and says, okay, she's a brand owner. And I can... Take over a brand like this so or take over way, someone's trademark. No. So the way it works uh, to get the brand registry is that Amazon sends a code to your lawyer um, and then uh, the lawyer receives that email from Amazon and then they forward it to you and then you get that code and you bring it back to Amazon. So Amazon knows that 
you know, the, the kind of the, the lawyer is actually the gatekeeper. Uh, you have get- to have you have to have a lawyer to do a trademark. Um, not in the United States, no, not in the United States, but it, it gets complicated when you, you're not with the code, especially uh, in the UK, I believe. Uh, we've seen many cases where they actually needed to add a lawyer afterwards to get that, uh, to get that code. So, um, but yeah, otherwise you get the code. If you're, um, if you're the kind of attorney on record for yourself, if you filed it for yourself, you will get the code. Can I file as a non-attorney, can I file... A trademark for someone else um, as a non-attorney for ah for not for yourself yeah not for no, myself no 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 you can't just file so you can either represent yourself in court yes or have an attorney represent you exactly I can't have my friend represent me no all right yeah got got that out of the way yeah um, can you give me uh, an interesting story where uh, there were repercussions of removing a hijacker yeah so You know, when, when, you, uh, when you're thinking about enforcing, if you came to me and asked me, should I remove that hijacker? Should I, re- should I file complaints against that person and that person that, I don't know, infringes my, my trademark or infringes the other IP rights? Um, I would generally ask you, does that hurt your sales? Um, and who's the, who's the sellers? Uh, who, who's the seller who, who sells that product? Um, the big problem is that sometimes when you remove other sellers, you start having, they start removing you. Um, so we have, for example, one of our clients, she's, uh, she's a longtime client at the firm, probably seven, eight years. Um, she filed a complaint against a hijacker. Uh, and then she receives, uh, she received a message saying um, something like, you hurt me. Now I hurt you. Uh, Scary. <laughs> yes. Um, and then the next day, I think uh, 16 or 17 of her listings were removed at once. Um, and when she looked at the complaint, it was really odd because it said that uh, Amazon said something like, we removed your listing uh, because that person complained. And then there was the email of the person complaining. That was that seller's, that seller. And then... Um, And then the trademark on which they based the complaint was her trademark. So it said, you know, Amazon... Uh, Amazon. That brings me back to my fr- uh, previous question, if Amazon even checks. So uh, on the infringement, uh, on the, the enforcement, unfortunately, they don't really check. So if, if that person says, I'm the trademark owner, here's the trademark, here's the number... Uh, they just compare it's like okay that's the same trademark and then they remove you so we wrote a letter saying hey well we can remove Nike right I mean we can we can show uh, Nike's trademark um, and, and claim to be Nike so Amazon of course uh, you re- got to prove that you are who you are exactly that's crazy uh, only you know when they remove you you have to prove it they didn't have the complaint and didn't have to prove anything just showing you know just the Just declaring I am the trademark owner um, and I'm removing that person that infringes you know it's trademark. a shame that Amazon doesn't share what they do or what discipline uh, rulings they decide to do against a seller that's so abusive because I would want to feel I would feel safer knowing that Amazon would tell me in reply thank you for bringing this to my attention 
this seller has been removed from the platform. Oh, yeah. They didn't remove that seller, unfortunately. No? Not not, not in that case. Amazing. <laughs> May, but not immediately, maybe later. But, uh, but at least she was reinstated. So that's why I'm always saying, although it's very tempting to remove someone who, I don't know, uses your photo. Very, very easy to remove someone who removes your photo. Do uh, You just file a copyright complaint. You show your picture. You show your listing versus their listing and uh i don't need to have a registered copyright no 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 you just show the listing you show yours you show that you were before and that's it amazon kind of uh amazon just takes your word for it um so when seller uh when sellers think about enforcing i always ask is it really worth it and you know and kind of do a kind of investigation on that seller uh, make sure that that this is not a seller that will come back to you and and you know and kind of has nothing to lose. Okay, so I'm a private label. I see a hijacker who I could assume is a hijacker because I don't recognize them. How, does Amazon want any proof that it's not the actual item? Uh, no. So that's uh, what we call a test buy. Um, Amazon actually recommends that you you do a test purchase. So you acquire that, you know, you, you actually buy the product and, and make sure that that's not your product. That's not the genuine product. That's a kind of counterfeit. Um, so when, when, when you do that, that's of course better. The problem is that very often a hijacker is an, you know, an FBM, uh, seller. So by the time you'll get it, like three weeks will pass and you'll lose a lot of money. Um, so you can, you can file it without, without a test. Line. It used to be that Amazon required it. Yes. At some period uh, at the beginning, they didn't, and then they did. And now they, they just recommend. I would it. think as a brand owner. It would be an outreach for me that every time I want to remove or enforce my rights right. and uh, point out Amazon's, I would say, negligence for allowing uh, 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 someone that's an imposter to go on my listing, I have to spend money and buy a te- do a test buy, wait a period of time just to prove that that culprit is, is guilty. Yeah, maybe that's the reason Amazon stopped. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. But I was looking. Checkers. I was actually looking for the policy that says that they you must have a test buy because that's what you, they used to say. I couldn't yeah. find it anywhere. Yeah. The only thing you can find now is we encourage you right. to have a test buy, yeah. which actually makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, those hijackers can be very difficult. You know, when uh, I remember in you know two three years back, uh, one of our clients had uh, had a hijacker on the on the Black Friday. Uh, that's something that we now see every year. But I, I remember, you know, I remember myself like filing those complaints and then and then comes back and then and you got to catch filing. them right at the right time, yes. right at that moment. Yes, they often come when you sleep. Right. I remember staying up at night and like clicking, waiting for the yes. for the hijacker to come up so I can t- take them. Like whack-a-mole, right? Exactly. You remove them and then they come back. So uh, it, it can be very difficult and can really, really impact your, your sales. So uh so a hijacker is usually removed. What do I do if all of a sudden I wake up one morning and I see on my listing sold by Amazon? Mm. So um, so with Amazon, first of all, I would make sure it's not your product. Uh, well, I'm for sure I know I'm not a vendor for Amazon. Yes, but sometimes these can be kind of... Uh, like returns? Used and, exactly. Um, so first of all, I would make sure if it's just one or two, sometimes I would just 
buy them and you know and remove Amazon or just leave it. If you see like forty, uh, I don't know, forty units, fifty units, uh, that's maybe Amazon being a hijacker. And we had those cases. And just don't be afraid. And it's not really Amazon, is it? It's usually a vendor uh, of Amazon. Right. I'm not, not really clear on the vendor program where you can hide behind Amazon's name and be anonymous. Yes. But people, you should know that mostly when you see sold by Amazon, it ain't Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon sells their own brands. They have their names, Amazon Basics, I don't know what. But when it's a regular Shira product, it's a vendor hiding behind uh, Amazon's shield as a vendor. Exactly. And then... There's a vendor platform, there's a vendor seller central thingy, uh, and you need to report them and they will be removed as a vendor. Yes, exactly. So, so don't be afraid to complain. Exactly. Uh, it's scary for, for most sellers when they see Amazon. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't press the button, the, the button so easily. But, but What would should. I do if I don't have a trademark um, and I don't have brand registry, but someone is obviously trying to rip off my success? Yeah. And, is there and anything I can do? Against a hijacker on yeah. the listing without a trademark? Very, very difficult. Very difficult. Um, you can, you know, sometimes if you, uh, if, if someone buys your product and shows that it's not the same product that they ordered, um, they kind of, they can file a complaint not as described. You can file it yourself, um, kind of a not as described complaint, as, like, like as a customer, as someone who bought it. Uh, but there, but other than that, there's not not much you can do. Um, you can write a letter, like a message to the to the infringer, saying, you know, I have uh, common law rights. I've been selling for some times, and uh, and maybe a cease and desist letter to that hijacker, and and explaining that you you own. I guess rights. it depends on the territory too. Cease yes. and desist letter for the U.S. scare a seller from China. Yes, not necessarily. There's no. Not necessarily. Uh, really, repercussions. Yes. Um, okay. What's the difference between trademark infringement and what you mentioned a few times throughout the conversation, uh, counterfeit? What's counterfeit? Yeah, so counterfeit. So if uh, you're Nike uh, and I'm selling on your listing um, uh, a shoe that actually um, bears the a Nike logo and I pretend that I am actually the same the same product that is counterfeit so i'm i'm kind of misleading the customer to believe that this is the same product so they would buy it thinking it's a nike and then maybe they don't they won't even realize that it's not the nike it's a fake shoe so fake is counterfeit basically um when uh, when uh, when we're talking about hijackers um, usually they they kind of uh, they, they sell the product without the brand in most cases so you have your brand on the Shira on your pen they would sell a pen without the the brand Shira but they're using your trademark on the listing so they're kind of writing on your success um, so that would be trademark infringement and not counterfeit okay so that's kind of the uh, the difference between the two Amazon doesn't always uh, differentiate between the two and some would claim that selling a pen on your listing pre- Pretending to be Shira would be counterfeit, um, but this is how I separate the two. All right. Well, now I know everything I need to know about hijackers. <laughs> thank you for the information. Thank you. I've learned a lot. Thank you. No, no, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for our audience and listeners. Uh, if you have any questions about what we've just discussed or you have any idea of other topics you'd like us to discuss, please leave your comments below. 
And we will see you next time. See you. Thank you, Shira. Thank you, Elle.